In the holiday spirit, we're glad that you're with us. We are 10 days away from Thanksgiving, 10 days away, which means that we're 11 days away from stomping people to get a flat screen TV because my soul is Black Friday, right? We're really close to that day where we beat people up to get toys and things for ourselves. That means 40 days away from Christmas. Are you ready? Ah. Isn't it like just flat this year? It's like we should be gearing up and excited and turkeys and celebration and football and pies. We should be planning all kinds of parties and getting gifts and getting all geared up with decorations, but we're in the middle of a pandemic, so we're not really excited. I think a lot of people, when I talk to them, they're like, yeah, I guess we're going to do Thanksgiving. Yep, uh, Christmas, we'll do it, I guess. It's not really something we're looking forward to, but we are looking forward to 46 days until 2021, right? Everybody's like, yes, we gotta get out of this year. This has been a year from hell, and we just gotta get out. Don't you feel that way? It's like, can we just be done with 2020? Can we be past it? This has been the worst year ever. And so I think a lot of us are like, I don't care about Christmas. I don't care about Thanksgiving. Just get me through 2020. And I just want to move on. I just want it to be behind us. And and I get it. I mean, I feel that just like you feel that. It's just like, man, when it turns to 2021, isn't it our hope that everything's just better? Like the clock is going to change. The time is going to change. The calendar is going to change. And we're going to be like back to normal. That's our hope and if we can just make it the next 46 days, if we can just hold out the next 46 days, then we'll be okay. And I've been thinking a lot about that over the last number of weeks and wondering like, is that really the way to be a Christ follower? Like just looking at my life and going, just make it through the next 46 days. Joe, just get through Thanksgiving. Just make it through Christmas. Kinda have fun, enjoy it as much as possible. Just get to New Year's. I mean, is that the way to follow Jesus? To just get through, to just do whatever it takes to limp across the finish line? Is that what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus? Ask yourself that question. When I was 20, there was a quote by an old pastor, Jonathan Edwards, a guy that lived in the 1700s, was a part of the first great awakening in America and a lot of people turned to Jesus under his leadership. He, he wrote this phrase that helped me as a 20-year-old. He said, resolved. It's almost like a resolution, resolved. To live with all my might while I do live. Resolved to live with all my might. When I get into seasons like this, where I start to just kind of idle along, where I find myself where things are difficult and I just go, I just gotta get through this situation. I just have to make it. When I get to that point in my life, I remember this quote and it kinda helps me. Reminds me like, okay, Joe, are you just alive or are you living? Are you just alive and getting through and hoping to make it till whenever this difficulty goes away? to some other season, some other moment, or are you actually living with all your might? I find myself coasting, and especially nine months into a pandemic, 
This has been a hard year. It's a confusing year. It's a stressful year. It's a year that you just go, I I just got to get through it. I I get it. I'm with you. But is that the way to live? Because here's the deal. No one wants to hear this, but there is a possibility that 2021 will be worse than 2020. I mean, there is a possibility, there are no guarantees that when the calendar changes, all of a sudden things are going to be better. That when we arrive at this moment in this circumstance, in this situation, that it's going to just clear up and everything's going to be good again? What happens if 2021's harder? What do you do then? How do you live and follow Jesus then? Do you just coast through another year? This is hard stuff. It's why we want to celebrate with you Thanksmas. We're kind of stuffing Thanksgiving and Christmas together, kind of, and want to challenge all of us as we finish 2020 to find ways to be grateful and generous in less than ideal situations. So over the next seven weeks, we are going to look at the life of Jesus and look at ways that Jesus was grateful and Jesus was generous despite the difficulty of his life. That his gratitude and generosity did not depend on the circumstances he was living in. And maybe we'll be able to learn through this that following Jesus isn't just getting through. It's saying, I'm going to live and I'm going to have purpose and I'm going to choose passion and follow even when it's hard. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 11. We're in Matthew chapter 11 this morning. It's found in the middle of your Bible. It's the gospel of Matthew. Matthew 11, verse 25 through 28. We're going to be looking at some of the words of Jesus here and finding ways he's been grateful, finding ways he's been generous. So so we're going to look at Jesus, right, over these next number of weeks. And to kind of get a big picture view of who Jesus is, I think one of the most helpful summary statements of the person and the ministry of Christ is from the book of Colossians. So find your way to Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, but listen to Colossians describe Jesus. Paul writes, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus, all things hold together. And Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything Jesus might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through Jesus' blood shed on the cross. This God becomes a man, but Jesus is fully God. And as he becomes a man, Even the most wealthy, powerful man, being a man, if he was the most wealthy and the most powerful, it would still be extremely difficult to leave heaven and come to earth. But listen what the prophet Isaiah says about Jesus 
He says there's nothing in Jesus' appearance that we should desire him, which means he wasn't good to look at. Jesus was despised and was rejected by mankind. He was a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. Jesus was despised, and we held him in low esteem. So this God, who is cosmic and great in every way, leaves heaven and comes to earth, and he was despised and held in low esteem. Jesus was a nobody. He came from a nobody town and a nobody family in an era where there was no air conditioning and no anesthesia. He worked with his hands, and then he became a traveling teacher. He had no home, no place to sleep, and as he traveled, there were some people that loved him, and some people hated him, and he continually got death threats. And then his life ends tragically at 33 years old. He's falsely accused. Falsely accused. Think of the injustice that he must have experienced to be falsely arrested, tortured, and killed. I think it's fair to say Jesus had a difficult life. I think it's fair to say he had some really bad days. Some really bad months, his entire life was marked by difficulty. No air conditioning from beginning to end, that's a form of hell right there, right? It's just difficult, every moment of it. And yet he was still grateful. He still had gratitude in his heart, maybe in ways you would be surprised by. Check out Matthew 11, where we are today as a church. Matthew 11, verse 25. It says, at this time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. In the middle of his life, in his ministry, he stops and he praises his Father. He thanks his Father. I love that he calls him Father, because there's an intimacy to that phrase, right? It's not some nameless higher power. He calls him Father. There's an intimacy, but he, he says, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. So this guy's father is pretty powerful, pretty supreme, pretty sovereign over all things. You'd think in the moment that Jesus would stop and praise his strong father because his father was making his life comfortable, right? Isn't that why you would praise God? When everything's going well and when your party won the election and when you got a vaccine that you wanted when you wanted it and when life was good, that's when you praise Father, Lord of all creation of heaven and earth. Instead, Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. He's grateful that God has hidden something and revealed something, these things. He says, God, I praise you that you hid and revealed. Let's look at the context to see what he's talking about. Jesus comes to planet Earth and he comes to reveal the kingdom of God. He says, the kingdom of God is here. He's wanting to make known to people like you and me that there is hope for broken sinners, 
that there is a way that we can be restored to God the Father. So Jesus walks around planet Earth sharing the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, that there's good news for everyone. And he's walking around Palestine. He's healing people of their sicknesses. He's casting out demons. He's calming storms. He's giving people their eyesight back. He's giving people the ability to speak again. And while he's doing all these powerful things, he's also training up 12 disciples, these men that are going to carry on his work when he leaves. So Matthew chapter 10, he's been training the disciples for years, and then he sends the disciples out to do their work. He says, go, teach, heal, lead, love, serve. Matthew chapter 11 opens up with Jesus continuing to teach the crowds about the kingdom. He's questioned about his ministry. So he says in Matthew chapter 11, I'll describe to you my ministry. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised. The good news is proclaimed to the poor. I've done all of these things. He says, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. You see, Jesus is teaching with grace and truth. He's living with power and love, and yet he's a stumbling block. There are those who see him as a hero, as someone who can help and heal. There are others that just want to kill him and be away with him as a heretic and a nuisance. People stumble upon Jesus then. They stumble upon Jesus now. He goes on in Matthew 11 to denounce. He says, woe to you, to censure cities he's been traveling through. As he goes through these cities, he's teaching and preaching and healing with power. And there are people watching him and saying, you're a fraud, you're a heretic. And so now Jesus says, woe to you for missing what's right in front of you. Woe to you. I'm sorry that you're missing the forgiveness and the peace that's standing right in front of you. You're too arrogant, he says to them, to see what God is doing in your midst right in front of you on good days and bad days, when things are going well and when things are hard. There are things that God is doing right in front of your eyes. And Jesus says, woe to you. I am so sorry you're missing what's right in front of you. And it's in that moment he stops and lifts up his heart to God and says, but I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. What's he talking about? He's saying God's kingdom, this hope is hidden from the proud, but it's visible to the humble the proud, he describes them as the wise and the learned. They have lots of wisdom. They have lots of learning. They have lots of knowledge. They have lots of abilities, lots of science, lots of logic. Jesus says, it's if, God, you've hidden yourself to these wise, learned people. But to the humble, to those who are like children, you show yourself. What's he mean? Well, think of a child when a child is hungry, they say, can I have something to eat? They ask someone for something. When a child is scared, they ask an adult for protection. When a child has doubts, they ask someone for help. When a child needs information, they ask a thousand questions. 
And Jesus is saying, I'm thankful, God, that it seems like you've hidden yourself from those who have it all together, but to those who are like children, who have needs and come and ask, who have questions and come and ask, who are confused and come and ask, you reveal yourself to children. Why would he be thankful for this? Because there's a difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. There's a difference between the kingdom, excuse me, the kingdom of God and what's going on here on earth. There's a difference, and here it is. On earth, smart and sophisticated people get access to everything. But the childlike and the simple, they're denied access. I mean, we see this all the time, right? It's the strong, it's the rich, it's the smart, it's the popular. It's the celebrities that seem to have everything they want, can go anywhere they want, say anything they want, do anything they want. The strong win. But the weak, the childlike, the simple, they seem to get trampled on, denied opportunities, denied justice, denied security, denied opportunity. God knows that this is the way Things happen on this planet that if you're strong, you have access to lots of things. If you're wealthy, you have access to lots of things. If you're smart, you have access to lots of things. But if you're simple, if you're childlike, if you're humble, you get trampled and you don't have access. That's what it's like in the kingdom of earth. But God's like, I have a different way. Jesus is like, I praise you, Father, because you have a different way, a different system. And here's how God's system works. He sends his only son, the rich, the strong, the smart, the all-powerful one shows up on planet Earth. And God's like, son, put the cookies on the bottom shelf so everybody can reach them. Put the cookies on the bottom shelf so it doesn't matter what ethnicity or education or wealth or abilities, doesn't matter how healthy or sick it doesn't matter what gender. It doesn't matter who you are. The cookies are always down on the bottom shelf. Son, put them on the bottom shelf so that they have access to me. There's only one small, tiny thing that separates those who seem to see this from those who don't. It's what Jesus is grateful for. He says it in Matthew 11, and then he says it again in Matthew 18. He says, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Unless you change, unless you're not so smart, not so learned, not so wise, not so strong, not so capable, not so high on yourself, not so thinking you've got it all together, unless you change and become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He's thankful that the way to God is for all of us, no matter who you are, no matter your background, no matter your religion, your ethnicity, your gender, no matter if you're married, have kids or no kids, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, that the way to God is through humility and childlike faith. He thanks his father for that. You know, Jesus' mother Mary, a teenager, when she becomes pregnant, she's grateful for the same thing. She actually praises God for the same thing just months before Jesus is born. She says, God, you have brought down rulers from their thrones. 
but you've lifted up the humble. God, you've filled the hungry with good things, but you sent the rich away empty. Jesus' mother could see that it's those who put themselves on pedestals, on thrones that come down, but it is the humble who are lifted up. It's those who are filled and think they have it all together, have everything they need that are turned away, but those who are hungry get the cookies from God. You see, to get him, to get God, it isn't about what you have and what you look like and where you've been or your resume at all. It's just, are you humble? Are you hungry? Because those who are humble and hungry begin to see the God of the universe has a purpose and a point and he can be trusted and followed even when things don't make sense. Is that something you could be grateful for, this thanksmas? That you're humble? Can you actually see this incredible gift that instead of God saying, put all the cookies on the top shelf so that depending on your baptism and your catechism, your intellect, your race, your gender, where you were born, when you were born, put the cookies on the top shelf, Jesus, so that only those people can get it. Can you see today in 2020, what a gift it is that God says, no, son, put the cookies on the bottom shelf so that all can have access to me, so that all can find hope and forgiveness. This thanks, miss, can you see that? That you don't have to have all the answers? That your political party doesn't have to win? That we don't have to wait for a vaccine or a stimulus package? That we don't have to clean up our act and be better religious people? That even if 2021 is better, if it's worse, it doesn't matter because our king is alive and real. If you're humble, God will reveal himself to you. And that's something you could be grateful for today. But if right now you're getting bugged by what I'm saying, if you're like, you don't know me, I'm smarter than that, I have been to religion and I... I, I, I rational, I'm academic, I have a great resume. If right now there's something rising up in you when someone says it requires humility for you to follow Jesus, if something rises up within you when that's heard, it's probably because you're an arrogant adult, not a humble child. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never come. Can you imagine what it was like for you to not have access to Jesus? What would it mean? What would it look like? What did it feel like back in the day when you didn't know Jesus? Do you want to go back to that again? No, the answer is no. I am so grateful today, as hard as 2020 is, that I have access to God through Christ. And I want that to be what defines my thanksmas. Listen to what he says next in verse 27. Jesus says, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And to those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is the rescue, but he's also 
this inviting rescue. He says, come to me. This is so important. If you're weary and burdened, come to me. You know, there's lots of people in our world that are weary and burdened and humble. Lots of people in our world that seek after God and want to follow a higher power. Lots of people that are humble seeking after higher powers, yet they miss Jesus. And Jesus makes it clear that no one knows the Father without faith in the Son, that without Christ, it doesn't matter how humble you are. Think of Gandhi for a moment. I mean, was there anyone more humble than Gandhi? Smart, kind, a servant of all, deeply spiritual. Yet at the end of his life, when he was asked by a loved one, Gandhi, you've been looking for God all your life. Have you found him? Gandhi said, no. How sad is that to be humble and spiritual and seeking, wanting a higher power, longing for God, but not knowing his name or not putting your trust in his one and only son. This is more than just humility. It's an invitation. Come to me, Jesus says, not a higher power. Come to me, not a religion or a catechism. Come to me, not a tradition or a political party. Come to me and you will find rest for your souls. You see, God's resources, his favor, his blessing are only hidden to the proud who are unwilling to come to God and say, where are the cookies? I'm just hungry. I just need you. Would you help me if you're weary and need rest? Come to Jesus because humble faith in him is what gives you access to all of God's resources. It's humility and faith in Christ that opens up for you the resources of God the Father. So if today you, you've been around a higher power, you've done religion. Maybe you've been smart and you've sought your own resume and you thought that would make life better. Maybe you thought if you padded your bank account, it would make going through a pandemic better, but you still feel lost and dark and ashamed. And maybe the end of 2020 is about you moving from relationship and resume and religion to Jesus. Come to me, he says, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You confess your sins to him right here, right now, and he comes into your heart and he changes you from the inside. He puts his spirit inside you to give you comfort and peace that no matter what 2020 or 2021 holds, you have God with you. And if he is for you, who or what can be against you? But coming to Jesus is more than a once and done thing. You know, some of us think, well, I talked to God once when I was younger, I put my trust in him, and now I just coast the rest of my days as if, no, it's much more like Jesus opens up a way to a vault of resources that are available for you every minute of every day. Will you come? It's Jesus having a bank account of peace, a vault of love and joy and purpose and peace for you but some of us think I came once to get forgiveness and I never come again. No, it's daily I come to you. Daily I need peace. Daily I need purpose. Daily I need forgiveness. Daily I need hope. So I come and I keep coming to God. All you are weary and burdened, come and I'll give you rest, Jesus says, from your sins. Come to him and he'll give you rest 
from your anxiety. He gives rest from addiction. He gives rest from fear. He gives rest from purposelessness. He gives rest for your need to control. He gives rest for your loneliness. Come to him and keep coming to him as difficult as this year has been. If you have a humble heart, Keep coming to Jesus with your confusion and your doubt. You keep coming to him with him and saying, I can't make it one more day in this stinking pandemic. You keep coming to him when you just wish 2020 was over and 2021 was here. You keep coming to him with your woes and fears about your finances, with the fears about your kids and what's happening with your grandkids. You keep coming to him with your frustration at work, frustration with politics, Frustration with COVID, you keep coming to him when you're discouraged or depressed. You just keep coming to him and he keeps making the cookies. He keeps giving it out and saying, come to me. I always have more. You'll never bug me. You'll never bother me. Come to me. But if you act like an adult who doesn't keep coming and you think you can mature and do it yourself, you wonder why everything seems like a train wreck inside you? Jesus has come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Listen to this incredible promise he gives in John chapter six. Jesus says, all those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive him or her away. We keep coming to him. We think we're annoying him. We're praying again. We're asking for help again. We're asking for forgiveness again. He says, I'll never drive you away. For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. That's the confidence we have in Jesus. That we come to him and he forgives us. We come to him and we keep coming to him. And he says, I will never drive you away. I'll never say no. Keep coming for resources. I hold on so tight to you that on the last day, I will raise you up because I had you the entire time. So as we celebrate Thanksmas, here's your little challenge for this week. Can you be grateful to access that you have, that you have access to God, not because you're smart, not because you're gender, not because of how much you know about the Bible or you don't know, not because of your doubts or your fears. You have access to all God's recess because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. And if that doesn't make you thankful, I'm not sure what will. That all the resources of God are available to you today. That is something to be thankful for. And in a couple weeks, we're going to give you a very tangible thanksmas challenge for you to be grateful and generous, to finish well in 2020. So be on the lookout for that. But this week, I praise you, God, that you have not used the world system. Instead, you put the cookies on the bottom shelf for all of us to find favor in your eyes through Christ. That's enough for me. Would you pray? God, thanks for your kindness and your love, your patience. 
Thank you that you don't operate the way the world operates, but you operate with humility, that your son was humble and you invite us to be humble, that your son was a servant and you call us to be servants. God, in the sound of my voice right now, there are people who have put their trust in themselves and their academics and their wealth, maybe in their ethnicity or in their gender. These things all leave us short. Our only hope is you. Use whatever you need to to humble us. Because without humility, there's no entrance into your family. If we're cocky and arrogant, self-sufficient, you say woe to us. You're sad because we missed the love and the peace and the forgiveness that's available through Christ. So humble us. Because those you humble, you lift up. Lift us up and give us confidence that whatever transpires this week, we have access to all the riches of King Jesus. It's all ours now. So help us with peace and comfort, with joy and purpose to live with all our mights while we do live. I pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen.